This December, annual Sherlock's VIP sign-ups receive a free White Company sandalwood candle plus Joma jewellery sunburst hoop earrings, together worth $34.99. Purchase VIP as a gift or sign up yourself for just £5 a month or £50 for the year and join the most exciting VIP scheme in London. From restaurant openings, discounts on drinks, bars and hotels, to beauty and wellness offers, Sherlock's partners with London's best venues, suppliers and brands to bring its VIPs exclusive monthly offers. Visit sherlocksvip.com to find out more. Time poor? Never get around to watching or reading the news? Aware you're not quite as on top of what's happening in the world as you should be? Well, the Brief Daily from Sherlock's.com is the daily email that brings you the scoop on the breaking news and current affairs you need to know about each day. In this weekly podcast, we round up all those stories into one neat episode. So subscribe, keep listening and stay informed. Today is the 20th of December and the main stories in the brief this week are Theresa May has continued to reject calls for a second EU referendum, claiming it would break faith with the British people. The Prime Minister has argued a people's vote will not resolve issues surrounding the Brexit deal and will do irreparable damage to the integrity of British politics. Calls for a second referendum have intensified in recent weeks amid signs of a political deadlock over how the UK should exit the EU. Number 10 said it had no plans to hold a vote on Brexit outcomes, even in the event the PM's deal is rejected by Parliament. May's rejection of a second referendum comes as the government ramps up its no-deal planning. Approximately £2 billion is expected to be handed to government departments to fund no-deal contingency preparations. Number 10 has confirmed a 100-page pack containing information on how to plan for a no-deal exit is also due to be sent to British businesses, advising them to begin implementing their own contingency measures. Despite this, Downing Street has insisted delivering Theresa May's deal remains the top priority. In a statement to the House of Commons on Monday, May set the date for MPs' vote on the Brexit deal for the week beginning the 14th of January following its last-minute postponement last Monday. New research by the National Education Union, or NEU, has found teachers are witnessing a distressing level of child poverty in schools across the UK. Austerity has driven millions of families into poverty, with over half of teachers reporting that fewer pupils could afford adequate winter clothes and shoes compared to three years ago. The NEU research also revealed nearly half of teachers surveyed said more children were now going hungry compared with three years ago. Joint Secretary of the NEU, Dr Mary Bowsted, said the new figures painted a Dickensian picture and accused the government of being out of touch with the level of poverty facing many families in the UK. Schools have reported having to provide pupils with sanitary items and clothing, some even providing household items such as bed linen. The NEU's findings follow a UN report published last month, which accused the British government of inflicting great misery with politically motivated austerity policies. A long-awaited white paper on the UK's post-Brexit immigration regime was released on Wednesday. The document lays out proposals for governing the future of immigration in the UK. Home Secretary Sajid Javid said the new system would focus on the skill level of workers as opposed to their country of origin. Low-skilled EU workers would lose their automatic right to work in the UK as part of the plans. The white paper also proposes scrapping the current caps on skilled workers from abroad. Javid said the immigration plans did not include a specific target for reducing migrant levels. This was later contradicted by the Prime Minister, who told MPs during Wednesday's Prime Minister's questions that the plans would reduce net migration to the tens of thousands. Elsewhere in Parliament, a sexism row has erupted after Jeremy Corbyn was accused of calling the PM a stupid woman in the Commons. Corbyn denies the allegation, claiming he said stupid people as Tory MPs goaded him over his failure to bring a no-confidence vote against the government. 
In UK news, homelessness charity Crisis has published its latest figures on rough sleeping in the UK, revealing more than 24,000 people will be homeless over Christmas. Research by the charity suggests half of those homeless over the festive period will be sleeping rough on the street, with a further 12,000 people forced to sleep on public transport or in cars or tents. Calculated by a team of specialist researchers from Heriot Watch University, the figure is significantly larger than formal estimates, suggesting the government may have underestimated the extent of the crisis. Rough sleeping has risen 98% over the last eight years. Crisis's chief executive, John Sparks, said the UK's current situation simply cannot continue. Men with daughters of school age are less sexist, according to a new study from the London School of Economics. Researchers have named the phenomenon the mighty girl effect, with fathers of young girls found to be more aware of the challenges facing women. Witnessing the female experience of life via their offspring is thought to shift men's attitudes, with the effects most evident among those with school-aged daughters. When compared to men without daughters, the fathers were found to be 11% less likely to hold traditional attitudes to women in work. Study co-author Dr Joan Costifont said the mighty girl effect was also present in men's behaviour, which is important because attitudes could be cheap talk. The former head of land and property on the high-speed rail project HS2 has claimed MPs were misled about the full cost of the works. Doug Thornton told the BBC's Panorama programme he'd been appalled by the project's inaccurate cost estimates, said to be hundreds of millions of pounds too low. The budget for HS2 has spiralled from £34 billion to £56 billion. Thornton's claims of a 100% HS2 budget gap come amid leaked Treasury warnings that its final cost could be upwards of £100 billion. HS2 has denied misleading Parliament and said it had followed procedure in making MPs aware of the project's climbing costs. Chief Executive Mark Thurston told Panorama, I'm not worried about overspending. I'm confident we've got a budget we can stand by. A ruling in the Office for National Statistics is to change the way student loans are recorded in the nation's finances, adding around £12 billion to the public deficit. The move will see the amount of cash not expected to be repaid by graduates now reported as public spending. As a result, the UK's deficit is likely to increase significantly, as loans expected to go unpaid amount to as much as 45% of student lending. The increase to the deficit could provide the government with an incentive for slashing tuition fees, which are currently being scrutinised as part of a wider review of university finance in England. The decision follows a report from the House of Lords Economic Affairs Committee, which said considering the loans as lending rather than public spending concealed the real cost of tuition. The father of the Duchess of Sussex has spoken out about his relationship with his daughter, claiming Meghan has ghosted him. In an interview on ITV's Good Morning Britain on Monday, Thomas Markle hit out at the Duchess, describing her as a very controlling person. Markle said it was ridiculous that he had been shunned or ghosted by his daughter for his involvement in staged paparazzi shots in the run-up to Meghan and Harry's wedding. Claiming he texts the Duchess every day, Markle said he would not remain silent on their relationship. The Duchess's estranged father has been the subject of considerable press controversy, with Markle repeatedly using newspaper interviews to reach out to his daughter. Kensington Palace declined to comment on the interview. Chester Zoo is to donate £120,000 to wildlife conservation causes after receiving a flurry of donations from well-wishers. The donations follow an appeal by the zoo for emergency funds after its monsoon forest area was hit by a serious fire on Saturday. Chief Operating Officer Jamie Christen has described the fire as heartbreaking. The blaze destroyed some of the zoo's enclosures and killed several smaller animals, including frogs, fish and birds. The zoo's appeal raised over £100,000 in less than 24 hours, which Kristen said would go towards conservation projects, either here or around the world. An investigation into how the fire started is now underway, as staff work to relocate a considerable number of animals to new homes. 
Diane Abbott has called on Twitter to enforce stricter policies towards abusive posts after a study found black female politicians are the target of thousands of offensive tweets. The Shadow Home Secretary accused the platform of hosting highly offensive racist and misogynist abuse disproportionately aimed at black women working in politics and journalism. Abbott said her staff spent a considerable amount of time blocking abuse on her own social media and called on Twitter to shut down the accounts a lot quicker than it currently does. The study by Amnesty International revealed black women were 84% more likely to be mentioned in abusive tweets than their white counterparts. It also found 10% of Twitter posts mentioning black women did so using abusive or problematic language. Amnesty UK director Kate Allen said the study uncovered a staggering level of abuse against women on the platform and urged Twitter to take steps to protect the rights of its female users. Six British neo-Nazis have been handed jail sentences after being convicted of being members of a banned terrorist group. Those sentenced included Adam Thomas, age 22, and Claudia Patatas, age 38, from Banbury. A judge at Birmingham Crown Court said the couple had a long history of violent racist beliefs, which included giving their son the middle name Adolf in admiration of Hitler. Thomas was jailed for six and a half years and Patatas for five years for their membership of National Action, a neo-Nazi group aiming to eradicate whole sections of society. The group was banned in 2016 under anti-terror laws after celebrating the murder of Labour MP Joe Cox. Four other members of the group were also jailed, each receiving five to six year sentences. The Doubletree Hilton in Hull has stepped in to house a group of homeless people over Christmas after a charity's booking was cancelled at another hotel. Hull's Raise the Roof Homeless Project paid £1,092 to book 28 homeless people into the city's Royal Hotel from Christmas Eve until Boxing Day. The booking was later cancelled by hotel management following claims of bad behaviour at a Christmas booking for the homeless last year, a claim dismissed by Raise the Roof. The Doubletree has since offered to put up all 28 people for the two nights and provide them with breakfast and a Christmas dinner free of charge. Project founder Carl Simpson said the stay would mean the world to those involved. A report from Access to Cash has warned the UK could be sleepwalking into becoming a cashless society. The report found approximately 8 million people in Britain continue to rely on banknotes and coins and would be negatively affected by a move towards cashless payments. Research by Access to Cash discovered a cashless UK economy would cause particular difficulty for those living in rural areas with reduced access to online banking and for those with mental or physical health problems who struggle to use digital services. The use of cash has halved in the UK since 2008, with debit cards overtaking cash as the nation's most popular method of payment last year. The report's author, ex-financial ombudsman Natalie Keeney, said safeguarding the use of cash was vital, while work continued to ensure that everyone can participate in the digital economy. The Office for Students, or OFS, has warned universities against grade inflation after it emerged 84% of universities had seen inexplicable increases in the number of first-class degrees awarded to students. The higher education watchdog has threatened to hit offending institutions with fines if they fail to tackle the inflation, which has seen the number of students receiving a first rise from 16% to 27% over the last six years. At the University of Surrey, the OFS found the number of first-class degrees had more than doubled since 2010-11, to 11, with 50% of all students at the university receiving a first in 2016-17. to 17. OFS Chief Executive Nicola Dandridge said the spiralling grade inflation risked undermining public confidence in the UK's higher education system. Kylie Minogue has announced she will play Glastonbury's legend slot at the festival next summer. The Australian pop star was set to headline the festival's pyramid stage in 2004, but was forced to pull out to undergo treatment for breast cancer. Speaking earlier this year, the singer said it would be amazing and very emotional to return for a headline slot at the Somerset Festival. 
The performance in the legendary Sunday afternoon slot will see Kylie follow in the footsteps of Dolly Parton and Lionel Richie. Glastonbury 2019 will be held at Worthy Farm in June. Arctic Monkeys, Madonna and Fleetwood Mac are all rumoured to be the potential Saturday night headliners. In business news, research by the Trades Union Congress, or TUC, has revealed wages in some areas of the UK are now worth a third less than 10 years ago. A report from the TUC has found the average British worker has seen their earnings decline £11,800 in real terms since 2008. Workers in the North East have seen real wage losses of around £5,000 and those in London over £20,000, with the worst losses reportedly seen in areas including Redbridge, Epsom and Anglesey. TUC General Secretary Francis O'Grady has addressed the report's findings, saying the government has failed to tackle Britain's cost of living crisis and needed to wake up and get wages rising faster. Online fashion giant ASOS has issued a profit warning after suffering a serious downturn last month. The retailer's poor November profits have been put down to lower consumer confidence and a market of heavy discounting. ASOS chief executive Nick Baton said the level of promotions and discounting among retailers had been astonishing and hit prices across the board. The warning saw ASOS shares plunge 41% as trading opened on Monday, with the company's market value falling £1.4 billion. The firm is struggling to sell higher value items such as jackets and branded trainers, with Baton pointing to the shrinking disposable income of its millennial consumer base. TUC General Secretary Francis O'Grady has spoken out on the government's new workplace reform, saying zero-hours contract workers will have no more leverage than Oliver Twist. The legislation sees increased fines for employers found to victimise staff and makes it mandatory for companies to inform workers of their rights on their first day in the job. However, some have criticised the legislation for failing to fully address problems associated with the gig economy. O'Grady claims the reforms will not stop employers treating those on zero-hour contracts as disposable labour, saying the right to request guaranteed working hours is no right at all. A survey by the consumer group Witch has revealed over half of online shoppers have faced problems with the delivery of their items in their run-up to Christmas. Polling the experiences of more than 2,000 people in the UK which found 58% were affected by a delivery issue, from having items thrown over fences to packages being destroyed after being left in bins by drivers. Nearly a quarter of consumers also reported facing failed deliveries, and 10% said drivers had left a parcel outside their door without consent. The survey comes amid growing concerns on the pressures put upon delivery drivers during the festive period, with one telling Sky News he'd been forced to work 18-hour days to keep up with demand. The UK's competition watchdog has proposed a crackdown on companies penalising repeat customers for their loyalty. The so-called loyalty penalties have been discovered on a range of products from mortgages to mobile phone contracts and are said to cost consumers approximately £4 billion annually. The Competition and Markets Authorities, or CMA, crackdown follows a complaint by the Citizens Advice Organisation highlighting the issue. Citizens Advice claims some companies have been found to charge loyal customers higher prices than new customers – with elderly and low-income consumers particularly at risk of being penalised by the practice. The CMA has suggested a series of reforms to tackle the problem, including targeted price caps to prevent overcharging. In environment news, leading figures in science and economics have criticised the UN's latest climate accord, arguing it is an inadequate response to the rising threat of climate change. Drawn up by leaders in Poland last week, the agreement saw UN countries settle on a rulebook for putting the 2015 Paris Agreement into practice to curb global warming. However, some scientists have claimed the accord lacks urgency and fails to match the scale of the crisis. 
Director-designate at the Potsdam Institute for Climate Impact Research, Johan Rockström, said his biggest concern is that the UN talks fail to align ambitions with science. Rockström said humanity is headed towards a very dangerous three to four degrees Celsius warmer world within this century. In sports news, the Welsh cyclist and Tour de France winner Geraint Thomas has been named the BBC Sports Personality of the Year 2018. The 32-year-old Team Sky rider became only the third Briton and the first Welshman to win the Tour after cycling to victory in July this year. Accepting the award at the ceremony in Birmingham on Sunday, Thomas spoke out on the popularity of cycling in the UK, saying, To see people on their bikes and enjoying it, you take just as much pride from that as winning something like this. The public vote for the award saw Formula One's Lewis Hamilton come in second place, followed by England football captain Harry Kane in third. Pundit and former footballer Jamie Redknapp has spoken out on the sacking of Manchester United manager Jose Mourinho, saying, if you were looking to go to a club and do everything wrong and get sacked, you do what Jose Mourinho's done. On Tuesday morning, the club announced Mourinho had been sacked with immediate effect after the team saw its worst start to a season in 28 years. Addressing the departure, Redknapp suggested Mourinho deserved to be sacked, saying, falling out with the board, falling out with his players, it's been inevitable. The manager's dismissal follows a high-profile spat with midfielder Paul Pogba, which saw the £89 million record signing stripped of his vice-captaincy. In health news, the NHS is bracing for another severe winter as hospitals struggle to accommodate further admissions. NHS England figures from the first week of December show 10% of hospitals had no free beds and A&E departments were already struggling to meet targets. Approximately 87.6% of patients were admitted, transferred or discharged from A&E within four hours last month, the service's worst November on record and significantly short of the NHS's 95% target. Chief Executive of the NHS Confederation, Niall Dixon, said hospitals were now having to operate at unsafe levels as the UK potentially heads for one of the bleakest winters yet. Elsewhere in the world, Sir Richard Branson has declared space is virgin territory after Virgin Galactic successfully launched its first commercial rocket ship into space last week. The Virgin spaceship, VSS Unity, took off from the Californian Test Centre last Thursday and climbed 51 miles to reach the boundary of space before beginning its descent. Plans for the flight into space have taken 14 years to develop. The rocket's successful voyage could mark the beginning of tourism travel in space, with Sir Richard saying he aims to join a space flight alongside other commercial passengers as soon as March next year. A UN-negotiated truce has seen warring sides ceasefire in the Yemeni's port city of Hodeida. The truce will allow the UN to begin a two-phase removal of troops from the city, which is a crucial location for the delivery of aid supplies. The two sides involved in the conflict, Houthi rebels and the Saudi-backed Yemeni government, are also in the process of organising a prisoner swap, which will see thousands of captured fighters return to their families. Speaking to BBC Radio 4 about the ceasefire, UN Special Envoy for Yemen, Martin Griffith, said, So far, so good, fingers crossed. The skies are quiet above Hodeida. Millions of civilians have been pushed to the brink of famine as a result of the conflict. An estimated 85,000 children are already thought to have died from malnutrition. A 45-year-old British man has been arrested for drug smuggling on the Indonesian island of Bali after buying cannabis oil. The product is illegal in Indonesia, where drug offences frequently receive heavy sentences, including the death penalty. Originally from Cornwall, Pip Holmes said he had foolishly crossed the line in a country with very strict drug laws. 
Holmes claims the oil was for medicinal use intended to treat his arthritis. Facing a potential 15-year prison sentence for the charges, Holmes has set up a crowdfunding page in which he states, The only way now to ensure my sentence is something I will survive is to invest in the right legal representation and rehabilitation. Oren Falkovitz, chief executive of security company Area One, has spoken out on the news private EU diplomatic communications had been accessed by Chinese hackers, saying, People talk about sophisticated hackers, but there was nothing really sophisticated about this. Area One discovered the breach, which has allegedly been linked to the Chinese military. The hackers are thought to have accessed messages between EU diplomats over a period of several years after infiltrating the network via communications in Cyprus. According to a report in the New York Times, the messages included notes on dealing with Donald Trump, with one official urging EU diplomats to work around the president by dealing directly with Congress. Donald Trump has dissolved his personal charitable foundation following accusations of a shocking pattern of illegality in the use of its funds. Prosecutors have referred the Donald J. Trump Foundation to the U.S. tax authorities for further investigation after finding Trump had used the charity's cash to fund his 2016 presidential campaign, pay off legal settlements and purchase at least two portraits of himself. The president could face criminal charges over the misuse of the funds. New York Attorney General Barbara Underwood said the charity had largely functioned as a checkbook to serve Mr Trump's business and political interests. Trump has dismissed the allegations, saying the lawsuit had been devised by sleazy New York Democrats. A Thai YouTube presenter could face criminal charges after criticising a dress designed by the Thai princess Sivanavari Naroratana. Popular online personality Wan Chaleom Jam Neonpol described a dress designed by the princess and worn by Thailand's recent Miss Universe pageant entrant as ugly. It is illegal in Thailand to say anything negative about the monarchy, and the YouTube presenter now faces potential charges filed by the country's technology crime suppression division. Jam Neonpol has since deleted her comment and claims she did not intend to insult or disrespect the monarchy. The charges were filed earlier this week by millionaire businessman Kitjanat Chayosparana, who said the YouTube presenter's comments would affect the country's reputation. Our facts for the week are Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody has been streamed online 1.6 billion times, making it the 20th century's most streamed song. The track beat other iconic records such as Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit and Guns N' Roses' Sweet Child of Mine to take the top spot. Speaking out on the success of the song on online platforms, including Spotify and YouTube, Queen guitarist Brian May said, So the river of rock music has metamorphosed into streams. Very happy that our music is still flowing to the max. Vladimir Putin's latest calendar is flying off shelves in Japan, according to its exclusive retailer, The Loft. The Japanese chain reported that the Russian president's calendar is outselling even the biggest Japanese stars. The calendar features pictures of Putin working out, taking a dip in Lake Seliger and cuddling his puppy Vernie. There has been speculation over what's behind the high sales, some believing they're motivated by genuine interest in the president's macho persona, others suggesting the calendars were snapped up as novelty gifts. A US judge has handed down an unusual sentence to a poacher convicted of illegally hunting hundreds of deer in Missouri. In what is thought to be one of the biggest poaching cases in the state's history, Judge Robert George sentenced David Berry Jr. to 12 months in prison. On top of the jail time, the judge laid down a further penalty, ordering Barry Jr. to watch the Disney film Bambi at least once a month as part of his punishment for the illegal killings. And finally, Brits have voted for their favourite Christmas film of all time, with a black and white movie classic taking the top spot. The film, It's a Wonderful Life, beat more recent Christmas hits such as Elf and Love Actually to take first place in the Radio Times poll of more than 7,000 people. 
Originally nominated for five Oscars back in 1947, It's a Wonderful Life has remained a festive favourite in the UK for 72 years. That's it for this week. If you enjoyed that, then do please rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.